I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hour number three here on the Nightcap. What a night it has been as the Brooklyn Nets come from 16 down at the half. Beat the Milwaukee Bucks 114 to 108. Kevin Durant goes for 49. That uh, that clears the 34 and a half with relative ease here on the player prop for Kevin Durant points. Also 17 rebounds. That one comes home pretty easily. And 10 assists. A triple double tonight for Kevin Durant in the win. And what a performance! A performance for the ages. Um, right now. We're, we're still waiting. I don't think any lines have popped for game four, or excuse me, game six, excuse me, on uh, on Thursday night, Brooklyn visiting Milwaukee. Both you and I are in the mindset, probably Brooklyn minus a point and a half, two points um, for game six. What would you say the series price will be adjusted to? So like Nets minus 250. You know, you're going to be favored on the road ever so slightly in Game 6, and if you somehow lose that, you will obviously be favored uh, to win Game 7. I'm not great with these series prices and adjustments, but I think 250 seems pretty fair. Yeah, I would so say. I, I sound very confident, yeah. 250, clown. Let's go. Aaron Oster <laughs> just got in my ear. Aaron, you said Bucks minus 3.5? Where is that? DraftKings? I'm getting... All right. So Bandle, real Again, mm, three and a half. Bucks minus three and a half. No shot. Interesting. I would not play that. I would take the points well, it's with just Milwaukee. So, like, let, let's really quickly, let's do this exercise again, yeah. right? Like, So game three, because mm-hmm. of the 0-2 situation, you're paying a massive tax. The Bucks win that game. By right? three. By three. They don't yeah. cover, but they win. And the next matchup, the next game in Milwaukee, the Nets are a one-point favorite. 
What happened from Game 3 to Game 4? The Nets didn't get worse, right? Kyrie got injured in that game. What happened was, it's not a Game 3 situation down 0-2 anymore, and so the power rating reverts back to where it probably should be. So I, I would venture to guess that that is not a line that is going to stick for very long in terms of Milwaukee minus 3, if that's the case. Yeah, if it's Milwaukee minus 3.5, man, that is... That's that's quite the turnaround. And and like you said, could we see Milwaukee come out like their hair's on fire, desperation? Obviously, you know, like you said, game game three was desperation mode for the Milwaukee Bucks, even though if you lose, the series isn't technically over. And we should know too at FanDuel, they also have the series price up a dollar more than I said, so minus three thirty for the minus three thirty. Okay. Uh, so that is uh, that is where we stand right now on uh, on some of the odds that have been put out there uh, for game number six, Brooklyn visiting the Milwaukee Bucks, and yeah, the money line comes home tonight. Um, you know, we saw this 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 number moving all over the place. Milwaukee opened four and a half, four, yeah, somewhere that range. Yeah. yeah, and then you last night said your buy point was five. Mm-hmm. I grabbed it this morning when. Not, you know, the news started trickling out this morning. It was James Harden has been upgraded to doubtful. Then it was James Harden upgraded to questionable. That's where I bought at four. And then, obviously, he ends up playing. For James Harden, I think, I mean, for him to play 46 minutes tonight. We should bench him and KD. Oh, (laughs) would you like to read the tweet? No, I don't have it up in front of me. Reggie Miller uh, decided to throw out there that maybe the Nets should rest KD and uh, James Harden for the contest and then do a winner-take-all Game 7, which, uh, no. I'm just going to throw this out there to see what the responses will be like. If you're Steve Nash in the Nets, would you sit James Harden and, all capital letters, Kevin Durant in Game 6 because of the heavy minutes tonight and push all your chips into the center of the table for Game 7. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, obviously. I think that's a great take. Would you do that? I would do that. No, uh, that's ridiculous. You wouldn't do that? No. But Kevin Durant's going to be tired. 49-17-10, played every minute tonight. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think uh, you throw things out there to get a response, and that was yeah. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would not do that. But uh, hey, you never know. Maybe maybe Steve Nash will think like a former All Star. It's the nightcap here on Visa. Hour number three, live from the Circus Sportsbook. It is the nightcap here on Visa. That is JVT at me JVT on Twitter. Our senior NBA analyst here at Visa. You can follow me at one Tim Murray. A remarkable performance tonight by. The Brooklyn Nets, 114 to 108, 71 to 49. They outscore the Milwaukee Bucks in the second half. Cover the four of with relative ease in the second half as they outscore mm-hmm. their opponent by 22 points. And a lot going on this week. We've got a handful of games tomorrow in the NBA, which we will obviously get to with the Clippers returning to the floor against the Utah Jazz on the road up in Salt Lake City. Philadelphia looking to bounce back after they fell apart in the second half. What will we see from Joel Embiid? But we also have the U.S. Open, which will start on Thursday out in Torrey Pines in lovely San Diego. And anytime we have a big-time golf event, we bring in our guy, Steve Sands, who I know, JVT, was riveted by the performance by Prince George's County's own Kevin Durant. Steve, how much did you catch of this performance from KD tonight? 
Yeah, I caught all of it. It's great. But if he would have gone to Maryland, it would have made it a lot happier than going to Texas. So forget <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> I think I knew that answer was coming. Uh, the, uh, the... Hey, Rick, Bar- Rick Barnes paid more money than our guy did. At the time, so. <laughs> well, wait, wait. They pay guys in college hoops? That's... No, 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 no. That's hey, never. Poor guy. That rookie contract, he took a massive pay cut to leave Austin. So, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I'm just messing around. That's all right. It's late night on the East Coast, Steve. You say whatever you want. That's totally fine. Steve Uh, Sands reports like Kevin Durant. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's all I need. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the end of my career. That's great. You know, what, uh, you know, the scene today out at Torrey Pines, let's start with uh, the guy who won uh, the PGA Championship. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship. He ultimately, you know, wins it uh, in surprising fashion. The oldest guy to ever win a major. And now he is the most bet-on guy in the futures market heading into the U.S. Open this weekend. So uh, he's obviously got familiarity with Torrey Pines. What do you expect from Lefty this weekend uh, at the U.S. Open? Not much. Um, You know, he's won here three times. Uh, but that was the first 10 years of his career. And then he's born and raised here is his course. He loves it. Uh, very familiar with the whole venue. But when they got the U.S. Open in 2008, the first time here at Torrey Pines, the reason they got it is because they agreed, the city, which owns the golf course, agreed to have the course redone. And it was redone by a guy named Reese Jones, who's basically like the U.S. Open doctor, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Phil didn't like the redesign. So, he won it three times before the redesign. He's done literally nothing here since. And I just think in a sport that just doesn't allow you to win back-to-back times, unless you're something crazy, insanely special like a Tiger Woods, and Phil is special, crazy, insanely special, I just think he turned 51 on Wednesday, fellas. I just think it's a real big ask uh, to see him do well here, back-to-back major championships. Steve, where we're sitting right now in the Circus Sportsbook, for him to miss the cut is plus 110, to make the cut is minus 130. Would you, I mean, it, you know, essentially, I mean, a little bit, you know, 52% chance or so that he makes the cut. Um, would you think that there's a, a likelihood that you see Phil not playing this weekend? Yes. Now, I will say, cuts in majors... They're not the easiest to make, but they're easier to make, and here's why. At the U.S. Open, they have a lot of qualifiers. They have a lot of people who are here based on exemptions from what they've done in the past, and those guys really aren't going to compete. So when you have a situation like that, 156 guys in the field, top 70 in ties make the cut, just like a regular event, except you could probably eliminate you know, 20, 30, 40 guys. So I don't think it's that difficult of a cut for Phil to make, I just don't think he's going to put himself in contention on the weekend. If I was going to bet that, I would bet, I would probably bet him to miss the cut than to make it. So Steve, you know, for me, when it comes to golf handicapping and what we can expect, you know, I, I like to get profiles of golfers and uh, strengths and weaknesses that fit a course. So for you, what kind of a golfer in terms of a statistical profile are looking for strengths and weaknesses on a course like this? Give me someone who hits the fairways, man. I walked the golf course today, fellas. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, you better hit the fairway here. It is a big boy golf cart. It is long. It is firm. It is fast. So when it's firm, people think of it in different ways. 
the way I look at a golf course that's firm, unless you're hitting it straight, so if you hit it a little bit on the side of the fairways, that ball is going to bounce into the rough. So a straight driver of the golf ball, someone who's going to be in the fairway, is someone who's going to succeed this week. And I think that I don't think it's going to be a plotter or a guy who bunts it out there. You still have to hit it a long ways. But you better be in the fairway this week. You better have, if you look at stats tonight, if you're going to play this tournament, if you're going to play the U.S. Open, look at the stats of the accuracy on tour and the distance. Combine the two and then see who you like the most. If you like a bomber, go ahead. But that bomber better have a decent percentage of hitting fairways because if he doesn't, you can't play out of the rough here too much. Not unless you, you put the ball, you know, in a magical week, but you better find a fairway here. It is tough. The rough is nasty here. Who fits those parameters the best in your mind? You know, I think Mark Leishman has a great chance to win here. He's won on this golf course before in January, totally different golf course, but I talked to Mark today and Mark said it's the best chance he has to win a U.S. Open because he loves the venue, and he also is a guy who drives the ball long and straight. And if he can, if he can just gather himself on the greens, I think if you're going to go a little bit off the pace, I think Mark Leishman is a guy who can play well here. There's some horsepower, too. Patrick Hanley should play well here. Bryson DeChambeau should defend well here. Kepka should play well here. But if I was going to go just a little bit off of the chalk, I would take Mark Leishman. One name, uh, as we talked to Steve Sands from the Golf Channel, one name that was mentioned last night, uh, a colleague of ours, Matt Eumanns, uh likes Colin Morikawa uh, in this spot. He's 25-1 to 1 here at Circa. Uh, around those odds around town, maybe you find a 20-1. to 1. So you're, you're probably in that 25-1 to 1 or so ballpark. How do you think Colin Morikawa plays this weekend? I think Colin's got a great chance. Now, Colin's biggest problem is his putting. He hits the ball well. He doesn't hit the ball very long, but again, he hits the ball long enough and he hits the ball straight. And I think if he finds fairways the way he normally does, I don't think there's any question that Colin Morikawa is going to be there on the weekend. If it's his time, it's his time. But without question, Colin Morikawa is a guy who should play well here this week. So one of the guys that I really enjoy from a golf standpoint and uh, like to bet on in the past, and he finally got there for me when he wins at the Masters, would be Hideki Matsuyama. I think he's a yeah. relatively popular name after that win, but what do you make of his chances? Because I think the one thing that has bothered me about Hideki is that he does have a tendency to get a little Aaron off the tee, and given your analysis of the course, he, he doesn't really fit uh, maybe a golfer that I want this weekend. Yeah, and also, I'm not sure he's off the Masters high yet. Yeah. You know, as I, as I said, you know, think about it this way, guys. When David Duvall, Justin Leonard, Fred Couples, Davis Love III, Justin Thomas, Jason Day, when they won their majors, didn't everybody say, oh, here we go. They're going to start winning multiple majors. Here we go. And they never won another one again. That Jason and Jason Day are still playing. Uh, but the other guys, literally, some of the greatest players who ever played the game, they never won another major. So here's a deck who's coming off that massive victory at the Masters. And, by the way, played really well at the PGA Championship. Had a chance at Keough Island to win. I, I don't see him playing well here this week on this venue for what you said because of the driving. But, you know, once you win one, you do have the confidence that you can get it back again. I just don't think the venue matches up with his game right now. Steve, you look up at the, uh, at the big board behind us, and the name atop of it is John Rahm. And the last time we saw him, he was leading by six strokes 
uh, at the memorial. And then we obviously know what happened with the COVID-19 situation. Uh, you know, reading about that, he started hitting balls, I think, on Sunday after coming out of isolation at his home. Uh, how has he looked? What is his mindset? And do you think he is rightfully the favorite? Should he be the favorite this weekend? First win he ever had on the PGA Tour was here at Torrey Pines. He's playing the best golf of his life. He's rested forcefully because of what happened Saturday at the Memorial. He was going to win. He wasn't going to blow that six-shot lead. Uh, I think he deserves to be the favorite. I just don't love, as Tim, you know, I'm just not a huge fan in this particular sport uh, of betting a favorite. And he's a massive favorite. Like, to me, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, if he's playing okay, but McIlroy especially, should win here. And here's why. The golf course is so long. This golf course will allow you to hit driver. I think he's the best golf, driver of the golf ball in the world, along with Dustin Johnson. And he's playing better than Dustin right now. You don't have a lot of wedges in your hand on this golf course. You have a lot of six irons, seven irons, eight irons, but not a lot of wedges in your hand. If you're hitting fairways and you're hitting second shots, as opposed to punching out from the rough. So when you match that up with McElroy, with McElroy's game, his shortcoming is his wedge game. And I think because he doesn't have to hit wedge very often, I think McElroy is the guy uh, who should be the favorite as opposed to John Rahm. So we talked a lot about, right, you know. Was that too intricate? Was that too ridiculous? I, mean, I don't know. I don't mean to get too golfy on you, but, like, Golf I, it I up, mean that Steve. sincerely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, you know, what do I do? I, I can't break 90. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting golf course in that regard. You got to pound the ball, which Rory can do. You got to hit the fairway, which Rory clearly can do. And you need to have the, the chops to handle it. And, and Rory certainly has that. So does John Rahm. I just, you know, when you see a favorite that that he's a he's a, a a nothing price, and the next guy, the second choices, are way behind him. I, he's too big of a favorite to me. That's a tiger-like favorite. When you're a what is he, eight hundred, nine hundred, and you know, eight nine, whatever it is, and the next guy's twelve, thirteen. That's that's a big disparity in golf to me for the first to the second favorites, and you know that kind of thing. So uh, a lot of conversation, right, right you know, uh, driving accuracy, everything. But what happens when they finally get to the green here? What are we expecting? Uh, what are you looking at with these greens? And what kind of uh, guys you'd look at in terms of uh, the way that they can putt, you know, right? Because uh, are we going to talk about firm greens? Like, what have you seen out there in that regard? The greens are bouncy, and it's only Tuesday. And I think that um, the greens are only going to get firmer. Um, they want it to be firm and fast. It's much firmer and faster in June than it is in January. Uh, the conditions are more conducive for that. And that's the way the U.S. Open wants it. So the pins will be more tucked than they are in January at the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, the greens will be firmer and faster. And the guys who can roll it, um, you know, it's not going to be a putting contest. But like I said, you might like Colin Morikawa. Take a look at his putting stroke over the four days. Will it hold up? No, I don't know. I mean, it did at Harding Park when he won the PGA Championship, and that's great. He's a great player. Um you know, McElroy needs to putt better. Um, Bryson won at Wingfoot because he putted so well. Uh, I, I think that the guys who can handle these greens, get off to a good start. Don't play your way out of it. You can't play from behind here. You can't play, you know, on the defense. you got to be able to play downhill. So if you get off to a good start, uh, I, I think those are the guys you need to look at. But to me, the, the, the best putters will always perform well because it doesn't matter what the surfaces are. But the greens are firmer than they are in January. 
there was some bounce to them today, and they will get firmer as the week goes on. The forecast is great, and the USGA wants this thing to play as firm and fast as possible. They do not want anybody going low at all, and nobody's going to go crazy low here. Well, and, and the reason I ask that, too, is like you know, a guy like Justin Rose, like relatively accurate off the tee. We know how hot the putter can get. What do you make of his chances? I'm sorry, who was that? Justin Rose, like a guy like him. Justin Rose, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Yeah, he can get pretty high with that putter and relatively accurate off the tee, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Justin, remember at the Masters this year with Hideki, he played so well those first couple of days. I'm not sure he has four days in him again. He won the U.S. Open at Marion in 2013 in Philadelphia, and obviously he can get it done. I mean, he's he's a borderline Hall of Fame player. He's a gold medalist at the Olympics. He's a U.S. Open winner. Great, great player. Uh, I'm not sure he falls into the category of someone who can do it over the course of four days uh, anymore, which is sad because he's not like an old man or anything, but I just I don't see it uh, from Justin Rose this week. Over under 279 and a half, Steve. Right. That's uh, one under would be a winner for the over, or what do you call it? The under, I don't know, what does that call it? The under or the over? It's like the higher the lower seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, if you're one under, you'd be 279. Uh, if you're even par, you'd be at 280. I think, I think these guys are so good. I think someone's going to be under par. Like Bryson was the only person under par at Wingfoot uh, last year at the U.S. Open. I think someone will scrape it around and be under par uh, at the end of four days. I think someone will play a little bit better on Thursday, and then the scores will slowly come back to par. So, like, somebody will shoot 67, 66 on that first day, be three or four under, and then they'll just kind of tighten the screws as the week goes on. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, someone's going to be under par. So I would take uh, – I, I forget. Is that high? Under. Yeah, I would take under 279. You know what I mean? Like the higher, lower seed in the NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> I, would, I, would go, I would go below 279 and a half. All right, Steve, 30 seconds. You gave us Leishman. You like him. He's around 65 to 1. Give us a name – to fade high up in the uh, in the in the market, Phil. I would fade Phil. I think a lot of the yeah. public is going to bet Phil, and I think that Phil would be the guy to fade. Um, who else? I think Dustin Johnson is going to have a hard time here this week too. He's not playing very well. There he is, Steve Sands, live from Torrey Pines. Going to have great coverage. You guys got the rights, so enjoy it. We appreciate it as always, Steve. You got it, man. Anytime, buddy. There he is, Steve Sands, Golf Channel, NBC Sports, and they will have the coverage of the U.S. Open. Hey, we'll revisit a little basketball game that took place earlier this evening. It was entertaining. What? A, uh, a gentleman wearing seven scored a lot of points. We'll tell you about it next, right here on the Nightcap. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The nightcap here on VEASAN, and it's time for a little treats and beats. A treat. Having JVT in studio. That's a treat. I'm here tomorrow, too. Yes, you are. Uh, that is Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst. If you had the Bucks tonight, that, that was not, not an ideal second half. I would say uh, necessarily a bad beat, but uh, not enjoyable. Not enjoyable to watch as it slipped from your fingertips leading by 16 at the half, and Kevin Durant going for 49, 17, and 10. But uh, quite the performance, and we've got, uh, we mentioned one book. Another book has followed suit. Bucks minus three and a half tomorrow night at BetMGM is the latest book to, uh, to yeah. go that route. See that thing get market wide, baby. Let's go. And then you will be on the uh, good old Bucks, or excuse me, uh, Nets. Excuse yeah, no. me. Nets. Uh, the Nets should be favored here. Um, I do want to mention uh, a couple baseball things here on Treats of Beats. You know, one thing we've always kept an eye on, JVT, is is just playing unders with the new rules, with extra innings. It is it's a painful situation if you've got an under. Well, now you got the situation with the sticky, the sticky stuff, right? And the fact that some of these pitchers don't have the grip that they do. And that's true. Now all of a sudden, offenses uh, have come to life here over the last couple. Of, I'd say week or so. Texas and Houston tonight. Mm-hmm. It was a 2-2 two to two game after nine innings, but guess what? You don't get your money until the game concludes. And this total was 8.5, juice to the under. Texas scored a run in the top of the 10th. Mm-hmm. Bases were loaded in the bottom of the 10th. And Jose Altuve went yard. That would be a grand slam. That would be four runs, and that would be an over. So that was uh, another instance of, man, it really is hard to bet full game unders in Major League Baseball this year, knowing the extra inning rules, and uh, that's a tough one. If you bet the under tonight, 
Uh, a juiced under at minus 120 on Texas and Houston. It was 2-2. Two to two. Right side until you aren't the right mm-hmm. side because ultimately what happens? A grand slam from Jose Altuve. Well, it's just getting into the randomness of these pens, right? Like that's why I generally, if I if I bet a baseball game, it will be a first five. You know, my handicapping process is very much tied to the pitchers anyway, yep. the starting pitchers. Uh, but you know, we're we're watching this Angels and A's game right now. Shohei Otani last inning uh, went yard. Uh, had a 98-mile-an-hour fastball over the plate that he just destroyed. Exit velocity, 115, by the way. God, he's good. Uh, but then you see the uh, the Oakland A's come back, and they played their own run, and now they got runners on first and second and potentially making some more noise here. So uh, these pens are just random, man. Like, again, you just don't know the situation that these guys are going to be entered in late in these games, and you get screwed, for lack of a better term, in a lot of these spots. So I'd rather handicap the starting pitchers and leave a lot of, little, leave a lot of stress on the side here. Yeah, I, and I think you know some, that's something we've talked about quite a bit, not only on this show, I'm sure – on the network as well. If you're going to bait, you know, bet on baseball and you like totals and look at the starting pitcher and, mm-hmm. and he's going to be in those first five innings. And, and if you want to play an under go that route, because yeah, the randomness of bullpens, the extra inning now starting with a guy on second base, it, it is, it is really hard to bet unders uh, in baseball for full games because things like, what we saw tonight in Houston happen on, on what feels like a regular basis, JVT. I mean, you're going to see teams scoring runs with ease uh, and then you know teams following up uh, in, uh, in, in the bottom half of those respective innings. And, you know, and I am interested to see what we kind of like touched on very quickly, which is the effect of this rules change right in terms of you know, the, uh, the adhesive stuff and yep. the pitchers and the grip and what this means. For a lot of these games, because you know we did see some higher scoring games today, right? We saw quite a few overs uh, today, and like I just wonder if, in the grand scheme of things, how this plays out overall in terms of these totals and in terms of uh, you know what we'll see if maybe a trend is starts to pick up uh, and how odds makers adjust on some of these totals. But it'll be, I am fascinated to see as that kind of takes place and root in Major League Baseball what it means for pitchers and scoring going forward. We're going to discuss some changes in the BetMGM exact NBA Finals matchup odds because prior to today, the favorite was Bucks and Suns at plus 475. Then it was Nets Suns at 600 and Nets, or excuse me, Bucks Jazz at 600. So there you have the graphic. That was prior to today. And now we have seen obviously a significant change in those odds because of once again, what we witnessed tonight in Brooklyn, which was Kevin Durant going for 49, 17, and 10. Giannis going for 34 over on his player prop, but ultimately a 16-point loss, a 16-point lead going to the wayside as the Brooklyn Nets come back and win, cover the number as they went off as a one-point underdog, and a push on the closing total. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. Come on back. A little exact NBA Finals matchups. The updated version next right here on the Nightcap. Day this Sunday, it's time to get Dad some great VSIN gear. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs with the VSIN logo or fun sports betting sayings like cash and tickets is what it's all about, and it's not under till it's over. Get your dad something he really wants this year. Visit the VSIN store today, find the perfect gift at vsin.com/store, then leave him alone, allow him to watch the final round of the USO. <laughs>
Is that what your Father's Day? Is that what you're hoping for Father's Day this year? Uh, no, well, you know me. Uh, I, I don't know what the schedule is on Sunday for the association, but I will assume. Uh, uh, I want a, some time to. It'll watch. be a game seven if we if we have one. Uh, it could be your ja- It could be your Clippers. Oh, okay, so we're not going to get anything on Sunday. Got it. Got it. <laughs> is this thing over? Two more wins, two straight wrap. Nothing's over till it's over, but uh, I did pick the Clippers in six, and that is still alive. So that is true. Uh, yeah, we could get uh, we could get a Philly Atlanta game seven or a Clippers Jazz game seven. We do know that the Golden Knights will be playing on Sunday. That's a good point. Five o'clock game could be uh, for the sweep of the Montreal Canadiens. Man, these series are moving quick, huh? And then we've got uh, U.S. Open final round, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. Yeah. But by the way, and that's a very quick aside, as my you know brain goes everywhere at times. We talk about Mike Conley a lot with that series, and we'll get to the games yeah. coming up in a little bit. But it is it is worth pointing out that the nature, at least, of that Clipper series. Remember, they're playing every other day. There is no multiple days off, and that leaves it, it's a tough situation for Conley to come back because we've been kind of waiting for. So, yeah, these these series move really quick, and yeah, potential game seven on Sunday already. So. The Brooklyn Nets get the win. Uh, we will get to a, uh, a full breakdown of tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night's games, which will have two of them, Atlanta-Philly first up, followed by Jazz uh, and the Los Angeles Clippers. So we have updated exact NBA Finals matchups, JVT, from BetMGM. We showed you the graphic of what it was prior to tonight, which the favorite was Bucks and Suns at plus 475. You could have got Nets and Suns at 6-1. to one. You also could have got JVT's NBA Finals matchup, Nets and Clippers, at 9-1. to one. Right now, at, at, at BetMGM, the Nets are now the favorite in the first three matchups. Nets-Suns, plus 280. Nets-Jazz, plus 350. Nets-Clippers, plus 500. 25. From what we saw tonight, what we've seen in Philadelphia, the first Philadelphia matchup, Sixers-Suns plus 750, Sixers-Jazz plus 900, JVT, and Sixers-Clippers 13-1. to Kevin Durant goes nuts. He goes crazy. They're now around a minus 300 favorite to win this series against the Bucs. They're an underdog for game six, but I think you and I both expect them to take care of business in that one. Do you, from what we saw today, do you think that the Nets are not coming out of the East? Like, are, do you think I, they're now coming out of the East? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm just saying. When they were down 16 points at the half and they were about to be down three games oh. to two, I don't think there was much confidence that the Nets would be coming out of the East. But they win this game. You still have Philadelphia or Atlanta, I guess, mm-hmm. looming technically over there. But with Harden back on the floor, don't know the health of Kyrie, if he'll be able to play in the Eastern Conference Finals, I would imagine there's a good chance he'll play at least at some point. Looking at these exact matchups, do we eliminate any other ones that don't include the Nets? No, I mean, look, I mean, uh, well, injury aside, the right. question marks of what would happen in the Eastern Conference Final Series, yeah, the Nets are, you know, they were my team to come out of the Eastern Conference. Haven't seen anything off of this that would make you think otherwise, especially given the situation that they're in 3-2 and an Eastern Conference Finals berth on the horizon. So, I would feel comfortable eliminating, obviously, anything Milwaukee-related, and you can go from there. Philly does present some matchup challenges, especially if Kyrie's not going to be on the floor. An elite perimeter defense in the Philadelphia 76ers, a a massive presence down low in Joel Embiid, who claimed, you know, I shouldn't say claimed, uh, who said the other day that the knee was bothering him, so that's something to monitor. 
Uh, but yes, you know, the, the Nets are rightfully so at the top of the list in all of these finals matchups. And we should tell you, too, that uh, the Suns are at the top of that list because they're already in the Western Conference Finals. Not right. so much of the, the power rating and the oddsmakers' thoughts on that team. Once the Western Conference Finals are set, whoever it is, uh, that team will then supplant the Jazz, or excuse me, the Jazz, who Freudian slip, uh, will supplant the Suns as the, uh, the best team or most likely team in a finals matchup. Yeah, and, you know, if you like the Clippers, is this the time to play them in this series if, if you like them as exact series price of plus 525? Because, yeah, I was asked this today by, you know, Danielle on, on uh, my guys in the desert about the Suns being the favorites uh, to come out of the Western Conference. I said, yeah, because we know that they're there. There's mm-hmm. a likelihood. Well, we know one of those two teams remaining won't be there, so that's why they remain there uh, as the favorite. You know, quickly pulling it up, uh, the Westgate Superbook does have updated Eastern Conference odds right now. The Nets are now minus 140 to come out of the Eastern Conference. The Sixers at plus 275, and the Bucks after tonight's loss to plus 475 to come out of the East. Mm-hmm. And I would, I'm, I'm going to assume that it'll probably be a little bit less than that in terms of a price in the in the Eastern Conference Final Series against the Philadelphia 76ers. Not that much though, maybe like a minus 120. I don't know, like. It depends on the status of Embiid and how they get out of it. If it's going to be a seven-game series, right, and they're barely getting by Atlanta, now you could see a price that is a little bit higher for Brooklyn to win that series if it is indeed them against uh, Philadelphia. And we know that they're going to be a massive favorite against the Atlanta Fal- uh, Hawks. I always do that. Man, always do that. get football on the brain. Man. Oh, they're both birds. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that kills me. If you look at all these other, <laughs> you know, the Penguins and the Steelers, all these other teams, you don't get them confused. But the Hawks, they're both birds. Um, yeah, so the Very Nets similar birds too, Falcons and Hawks. So the Nets at minus one forty. You think, and I know you you said that series price prognostication maybe isn't a strength of yours. Um, but you think this price, if it is Nets Sixers, which I think most of us expect it to be, you don't think that is a good price right now on the uh, on the Nets to come out of the Eastern Conference because of the potential or the possibility that the Sixers could get bounced by the Hawks. No, and look, I, I'm always kind of boring on these ones. Yeah. At this point right now, you shouldn't be looking at the futures board. Right. Right? Like, this isn't really the spot to do it. You had your opportunities. You're down to the final. I'm not good at math. What are we in the final whatever amount of teams that we have left? Four seven. The, you know, seven. There you go. Thank you. you. You shouldn't be searching for futures prices at this point of the season. You know, I, I personally believe that with futures, it's about nabbing those value spots you know, when you can throughout the regular season. You know, what I did with the Clippers when they were down, right, going in uh, 3-2 in that series, what was it, 2-2 uh, before game six, right, all of those. Like that, that's where I think you look for those values, but not so much at this point right now, especially after the result, right? Like that's the tough part is you're behind the eight ball. If you're like, hey, man, the Nets, cool, they're unstoppable. Well, now you're laying a price as opposed to right. what it could have been a couple of days ago. Yep, and uh, as we talked about during the game, uh, you could have got the Nets at ridiculous odds to come out of the uh, to win the NBA title. And now, after a ridiculous performance, mm-hmm. they're once again the favorites to win the NBA title. Two games on tap tomorrow in the M- NBA. We'll break those down for you when we come back. We turn the page and look ahead to Wednesday next, right here on the Nightcap. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Less is more. That's why they have powerful tools to help you source, screen, and hire quality people faster. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. The Bucks led by 16 at the half, and they lose. Tonight, as the Brooklyn Nets come back and win 114-108, to Kevin Durant 49-17-10. JBT, the stat again, first ever. NBA playoff history, 45-15-10. Not too shabby of a performance from the Slim Reaper. As Best nickname in basketball. It was, a, it was a pretty good one. Jeff Green, by the way, uh, also 27 points. He hits his first seven three-pointers in the game. In the losing effort, Giannis, 34 points, 12 boards. Goes 14 of 12 from the field. Does hit a couple of threes. Uh, but uh, there was a pretty poor decision on a three late in the game. As once again, the second half goes to the Nets, 71-49. to Early line on Thursday's game, Bucks minus 3.5 against the Brooklyn Nets in an elimination game for the Milwaukee Bucks at the five-serve forum there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Two games tomorrow night, both series even at two games apiece, JBT. Let's start with, uh, I think, the surprise of Monday, which was, speaking of lost leads, that's what happened to Philadelphia. They blew a double-digit halftime lead against the Atlanta Hawks. Joel Embiid goes 0 for 12 from the field in the second half. Mm-hmm. And now the market is showing a bounce-back opportunity for the Philadelphia 76ers, laying six, a total of 224 here at Circa. Uh, if you like the over, 223.5 can be found out there. So... Uh, you do have some uh, variance in the number, but pretty consensus on a six. I think I see one offshore shot with a six and a half. Is this a spot where you anticipate Philadelphia to come out and 
take care of business. Yeah, for for the most part, right? I mean, it's very simplistic analysis, but is Joel Embiid going to go for 12 in the second half again? Because if he is, then yeah, you're probably going to have a really tough time, but I would not expect that to happen. He's... Is Joe Harris going to go uh, miss a lot of threes again? Oh, wait, yeah, that did happen again. You really can't let that go, huh? No, I can't. Well, uh, when it comes to this, uh, you know, <laughs> Joel Embiid, it's pretty simple. If Embiid's going to hit his shots in the second half, then, then I think this is you know, a much different game than what we saw in mean, that one, by the way, which they had a double-digit lead the other day, right? right. You mentioned. So like, in, if we're talking about this, the, the one thing that the Hawks have yet to really figure out in this series has been the elite perimeter defense that has been thrown on them, especially in the two games in Atlanta. 27.3% non-garbage time minutes in Game 3, 30% in the last game that we saw as well. So if you're going to continue to struggle from three-point range, you're going to continue to not really find an answer for Joel Embiid. Like those are just kind of things that I just don't know if the Hawks can figure out, and I don't think we've seen evidence that they really can other than the one, and I, I think if you watch that game, a lot of that was more about what Joel Embiid was doing as opposed to what the Hawks were throwing at him. So my, ten, my tendency, and I'm involved in this you know, pre-series, and I got yeah. an adjusted series price in Atlanta to lock something in, so I'm just sitting back and watching the series as a whole, but it seems like a better spot for Philly than anything. So Philly laying six, first half, three and a half for Philadelphia, and you know, first half spots, I know people like playing those. I've played a handful of them. Is this a spot at home? They just blew a double-digit lead. It does feel like for the most part, now I know Trey Young hit some shots and he had a ton of assists. What he had, 18 assists mm-hmm. uh, in, in that Game Four victory. But it feels like defensively they have figured some things out to make life difficult there uh, for Trey Young. Is this a spot where you expect Philadelphia to come out and put it on them quickly? Would you lay the three and a half with Philly in the first half? You know, I wouldn't just because if we've seen what, from what we've seen through the first four games. Philly's only got a plus 0.6 net rating in the first half of the series. You know, this has been a series in which the second half has been much more friendly than the 76ers, whatever it is, right? Whether it is, you know, Atlanta anecdotally just coming out fired up in some of these games, whether it is a coaching game plan initially that Nate McMillan has thrown out there, that the Philadelphia 76ers have had to counter. You know, this has been a series that the second half has been where the Philadelphia 76ers have made their money, which has made it all that more surprising, right? What happened in that last game, a 0.6 net rating for Philadelphia in the first half of these games against Atlanta, a plus 14.5 in the second half of these games against Atlanta. So I'd much rather find myself, like, if it plays out the way we've seen it, close game in the first half, Philly pulls away the third quarter, second half. So right now, Philadelphia lay in six, the total 223.5 in most spots, 224 uh, here at the Circa. To the main event of the evening, a game that we will get to watch every second of while we're on the air and break down all the props and everything that you need to know. Market expecting a bounce back for the Utah Jazz. They lose both games on the road. Mm -hmm. Series even at two games apiece. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both played very well in game four and game three. Um, The worry, let's start with Kawhi. He said he's fine. He obviously didn't play in in the closing minutes. However, if that game was in doubt, would we have seen Kawhi? I bet you we would have. So... Is there hesitation for you, JVT? Clippers, right now, a road dog. Get them on the money line if you like them, plus 120. Do you think the Clippers take care of business? They win tomorrow night in Salt Lake City. Yeah, you know, I I think they do. When you've seen what has transpired over the last two games, 
I believe that the Clippers have figured something out. And despite the fact that this is a tied series, Tim, after those two games, a plus 9.7 net rating for the Clippers in this series, like despite taking those two losses in the first mm-hmm. two games, this is, I think, one that is, if you watch the first two games, the Clippers had a shot to tie the game at the end after a very good second half from the Utah Jazz in game one. In game two, down by nearly 20, I think maybe even over 20, throw out the zone and some of the stuff that they have done over these last two games. They cut back into that, take a lead in the fourth quarter. And then you see what you did in those last two games, going small, taking Rudy Gobert out of the paint, what you've done from an offensive standpoint. I can understand trepidation if you're going to tell me that, well, you know, are we trusting Paul George, Marcus Morris, and the other pieces to show up in a road environment like this? I can understand that. But I think the things that the Clippers have done so well translate very well to the road. So now you're just expecting these guys to do their average in terms of shooting percentages from across the board, and I think you can get that from this team. So I think we saw the gap between these two teams in these two games in Los Angeles. So I do think that this is going to be a 3-2 series lead for L.A. After yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. I mean, you look at the Clippers, the two games that they won, as you mentioned, 132-106 mm-hmm. in Game 3, 118-104, and... You know, and I'm not going to take anything away from Utah. I thought they made a little bit of a run. But, I mean, this game, that game on, on Monday night was just domination, really, for the Clippers, especially in the first half. They were up 68-44 to 44 at the break. Uh, you know, Utah showed some moments. But I think the point that you brought up that is so interesting is it does feel like the Clippers have figured out how, you know, in game, was it game one or two? I think it was game one. They didn't want anything to do with Rudy Gobert. Kawhi got into the paint, he'd kick it out. Uh, don't know why Boogie Cousins was playing, but he did, and then he would throw a thousand pump fakes and, and nothing would happen. But now you started to see a comfort level there by the guards, by Kawhi, by Paul George, to draw him out, whether it be you know Kawhi late in the game hitting a mid-range jumper or pulling him out and Zubach getting an alley-oop dunk when he pulls out and then he slips behind for that dunk. So it, it, it feels like right now, now Quinn Snyder can make his adjustments too. That's the beauty of seven-game series. But it feels like at this point, Ty Lue has figured things out. And you mentioned you know, Terrence Mann, a guy that you've been yelling to get in the game. What is he, plus 42 in, yeah, in, in his last like two that. games? I mean, yep. he's, it's, it's been outrageous. And you know, here's the thing. So we talk about adjustments for Quinn Snyder. The thing I think that if you're worried about, if you're on the Utah side of things, whether it's from fandom or investment standpoint, if we're going to make adjustments, why not make those adjustments in game four? Right? Like, why did that get, for the most part, and the, the score was not as big as it was in game three, right? But we didn't see the real adjustments. We still saw them being forced to get a little bit more isolation heavy with Donovan Mitchell because of that zone defense and because of all the switching. We, still, we didn't see much in terms of off-ball movement and trying to get these guys a little mixed up in terms of their switching. Not, you know, the, we didn't see a lot of that. So I wonder, you know, what is going to happen in that regard? Where are the adjustments? Because you would have thought you saw a little bit more in game four than you really did from Utah. And here's the other thing, because we should address, obviously, Mike Conley, the elephant in the room, whether or not he's going to play. I will ask you this. I mean, Utah, 41.7% from three-point range in this series, 43.8 three-point attempts per game. I went through the, the Jordan Clarkson numbers yep. before last game, right? He had Joe some aggression, obviously. <laughs> right, but, you know, Joe Ingles is shooting the ball well. Mitchell's averaging, what, 30 points per game now, I think, something like that in this series. So Mike Conley comes back, what changes? So now you have Conley out there, but is he fully healthy? Yes, he's a good three-point shooter, but you've been shooting the ball extremely well. right? So maybe Mike Conley adds another ball handler, obviously, and maybe a little bit more dribble penetration. But outside of that, 
the issues you've had defensively still remain for the most part against Los Angeles. So maybe he cuts the gap and you're back at home and that makes a difference. But like Mike Conley's very important, but I've heard a lot of like Conley comes back, this is a difference. Like he's good and he makes them better. But how much does that change and close the gap overall? Look, James Harden made the Nets better tonight. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I think you can make an argument that the Nets may not win tonight if it weren't for James Harden being out there. I think that's fair. But at the end of the day, Kevin Durant won that game. James mm-hmm. Harden was not effective scoring. Now, he had effectiveness assist-wise, uh, and the Bucks didn't take advantage of a gimpy James Harden out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I... What are you expecting to get from Mike Conley? You know, we got nothing from AD when he came back too fast. Now, Mike Conley's certainly taking it much slower. Um, but when you look at Donovan Mitchell, you mentioned, he's averaging 37 points per game in this series. Does that continue? The over-under tomorrow, it hasn't been set, at least at DraftKings. It was 30.5 going into yesterday's game. Does he get slowed down? Probably not. I mean, like, really, yeah. right? Because I think you guys asked me this. Uh, it was you and Jeff Parles who were doing yeah. the show, and you asked me about that, and I thought, well, I think really it's just about shutting the other pieces down, right? Go ahead, Donovan Mitchell. Like, Do your thing. You, you were averaging over, you know, 30 points per game in this series, and now you're tied 2-2, and you're in the hole big time in terms of your team's net rating. So, yeah, go ahead. Plus 120 on the money line, Clippers? Uh, I'm going to wait to see if they get three. If it gets a three, I'm in. But with that series price where I'm invested, I just said I get pretty patient with a lot of these. And you would lean Philadelphia, lay the six for the full yeah. game there. Mm-hmm. All right, that's going to do it. What a performance tonight by the two of us. Kevin Durant was all right as well. Um, thanks to Steve Sands, John Morosi, Eric Eager for Aaron Oster. That's JVT at me, JVT on Twitter. I'm Tim Murray. We're back tomorrow right here on the Nightcap. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 